0: You can listen to The Professional Left wherever you get your podcasts, on Netroots Radio, or on our website, proleftpod.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There is a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at PO Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791.
1: This is the podcast for the week of September 29th, 2023. It's not safe for work.
0: Recorded live from the Cornfield Resistance, where our curtains only cost around 50 bucks. It's The Professional Left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal.
1: And the ones that I sewed in our house didn't even cost that much. Yeah. Some of them I made myself. So, But curtains was uh, an apt word for the debate last night. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's curtains for Nikki Haley. <laughs> uh, you know, when when Tim Scott, of all the things you can come after someone on, decides to come after you on some obscure, how much of the curtains cost at the State Department under Trump? Or was that paid for by Obama that I guarantee you no one knew what they were talking about mm-hmm. outside of those two and a handful of really, really deep Republican nerds? Right. Um, it was ridiculous. it It did remind me. Of like a slap fight in the faculty lounge of the worst community college in town. <laughs> you know, it's this kind of bitter, we know each other really well, but we both with the same job and there's grudges coming out. And nobody outside that little clique of people knows what the hell anyone's talking about. Yeah. Um,
1: and the hatred is so deep. Yeah. Because the stakes are so
0: low. Exactly. Well, who's... It, I forget who said that, like Kissinger or somebody. yeah,
1: yeah, but academic
0: yeah. fights because the stakes yeah. are so low. and the stakes really are low. This is th- these are called the primary debates, but they should honestly be called the secondary debates yeah. because, <laughs> because literally no one on that stage is going to be president, okay or be the Republican nominee. Right now, if their trajectory is is remains relatively unchanged by anything short of a meteor strike. Um, one of these people will be vice president, possibly, or who knows? Maybe Tucker Carlson will be Trump's vice presidential nominee. But these people are all scrambling around in a big airline hangar, um, fighting over second place. Yeah. And everyone yeah. knows it. Everyone knows this is meaningless. And so the idea that we're still doing it is wild to me because it's, it's the furthest from a, an actual debate you could possibly have.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it it did accomplish something that I didn't think would ever be accomplished in my lifetime. Okay. In that I actually felt a little bit sorry for each of the people up on the stage. Okay. Um, the format was so horrible. And it reminded me of airline hell. Yeah. Just being in an airport waiting for a flight that's never going to take off. And then getting on a flight and being crammed into this space. You know, the reason people flip out on commercial airliners is they've been tortured for four hours.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: With the stress of getting to the flight, getting through security, getting on the plane, and then you're crammed physically into a claustrophobic situation. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason that some people just can't take all of that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then uh, here is what, seven presidential candidates? Yeah, the
0: seven dwarfs. You're a yep. minute to
1: talk. Go. Yeah.
0: Go, now, talk. Meanwhile- And convince
1: looked... everybody you're likable. Right. And be tough on everybody else. Right. And be mean in the right places. Mm-hmm. And be likable again. And and get your viral moment. And all you've got is a minute at a time. Yeah. Uh, with Stuart Varney <laughs> heading <laughs> up, the, up the moderators. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just a horrible situation. And you and I had this- Longer conversation, you know, if we could run around with a microphone all day long, just of us, the two of us talking about things, I'm sure a lot of people would find it really interesting. (laughs) We've only got less than an hour to talk today, but uh, we're talking about, you know, can the candidates and their teams come together and say, look, we need to have some control over the format of these debates Mm -hmm. where each of us gets a five minute opening statement and each of us gets a five minute closing statement. And you said to me, "Yeah, if these candidates were capable of working together for the common good of all of them, they wouldn't be Republicans. No.
0: Well, Donald Trump would certainly not be the candidate who's out yeah. ahead of them all. I yeah, mean, Republicans yeah. are, are congenitally incapable of, incapable of working for their own salvation. Yeah. They can't fucking do it. It's one so or the, ridiculous. One or the other will stick their head up out of the trench and get their head blown off, you know, metaphorically but they can't bum rush Trump. They're incapable of doing it because they know for a fact that the first one out of the trench is, is going to take a shot from Trump in the front and six knives in the back from everybody else.
1: Mm-hmm. They'll
0: mm-hmm. go down and then their donors will desert them and they'll go out looking for the next candidate. And that's the way it's always going to be. And to extend the airline metaphor, yeah, these the morons, these, these morally bankrupt clowns are all stuck In a tiny cabin, waiting for takeoff, smelling each other's farts, (laughs) wishing they were drunk. When will this ever end? Believe me, as a six-foot-eight person, I understand all this. And they all look out the window and they see Donald Trump taking off in a private plane. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Leg room and, and hookers and booze and who knows what all else, flying off to a completely different location, because he does not give a shit about any of this. And he doesn't have to because he's in the lead by 40 points. And right. he's going to stay in the lead by 40 points because Republicans, as a party, from the base to the pundits to the elected officials, are all terrible people.
1: And and they have no way of fighting back against him because no. he controls the, the base, no. the small donors, the donor lists. Yeah. You know, take a drink, win
0: red. <laughs> Well, and this is a theme that we we come back to over and over again, and we're going to come back to it again in a little bit. But this is the bear trap they built for themselves, and now yeah. they've fallen into it, and they can't figure out how to get out. Well, of course you can't get out. You built an escape-proof trap, yeah. And congratulations, you're in the trap now. Um, yeah. All Trump ever did was figure out the launch codes for the missiles that you designed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's launched them, and now you're all screwed because you can't trust each other and you can't take collective action. And you can't do anything except beg for the, the, the possibility that a meteor will strike him down and a, a distant second place candidate will step up and, and be your candidate who will be pretty awful, probably just as bad as Trump in a lot of ways. And have the same goddamn Republican Party under the same lunatics holding Kevin hostage, uh, Kevin hostage, Kevin <laughs> 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 <Captain laughs> McCarthy hostage um, yeah. to contend with. This is yep. you built, you built this goddamn thing and now you're in it. And there's nothing for us to do on the outside as Democrats, but to look and laugh. You know, we have, yeah. our candidate picked out, we know who we're going to run and we're very happy with him and his vice president.
1: And, and one of the things that did come out in the debate last night was the records of governors who were running. Yeah. And, um, Doug Burgum had a good moment when he talked about, you know, we prepared for this childcare cliff in North right. Dakota. Now, North Dakota has the revenue to do that, yeah. um, at the moment. Uh, but Ron Santos's record on healthcare and providing people with insurance and making sure people have health insurance mm-hmm. when they're one of the top four States for uninsured people and him trying to turn that around and brag about it, mm-hmm. uh, was ridiculous. Um, He has this horrible record in Florida of turning down poor people for all kinds of things. And, but one of the things he's done, and this came up in Judd Legum's uh, Substack newsletter today, um, he's decided to do a pilot program for school vouchers and uh, give parents $6,000 to spend on education for their kids. Judd Legum's uh, people, or I'm sure it's him Uh, has been investigating this and discovered that parents in this pilot program are on a Facebook forum discussing how to justify their spending education dollars on PlayStation fives, 50 inch TVs, $800 Lego sets. And, uh, you know, can I, can I group last year's money with this year's money so that I can get an $800 Lego set instead of a $400 Lego set? Because apparently the rules for this money limit you to $400 for Legos. (laughs) So, um, and it's, it's all kind of how to gin the system, how to have the right receipts so that you're, you're spending, on a 50 inch TV screen looks like educational spending. Right. And it, and when I read this this morning, it just reminded me so much of what's going on with me and healthcare right now. I want to thank everybody so, so much who donated to my GoFundMe. Um, it's over what I've asked for. And I promise you anything over what I've asked for will be also be spent on healthcare because there's plenty of uh, healthcare expenses to be, uh, uh, spent on, but uh, my team, and what I mean by my team is my actual lymphedema specialist mm-hmm. therapist and the sales lady for the lymphedema pump that I have to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's in sales. I mean, she's in medical sales. Right. Uh, and I, we're all in a room together, working out the clinical notes that need to be sent to the insurance company yeah. so that they'll approve the pump. Yeah. And you have to have X, Y, and Z. You have to have this history. You have to have this amount of th- of actual therapy. Um, and, and they're going through the paperwork while I'm sitting there, making sure that all the eyes are dotted for the insurance company to approve this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when there's a bucket of money out there to get, people are going to, and, and I'm not saying that my medical provider is gaming the system. No. It's a system that has to be gamed right, to get exactly. that money.
0: Exactly. Yep.
1: On the other hand, these these parents in Florida who are not welfare recipients. No. Okay? No. <laughs> they are evangelical Christian types who homeschool their kids. Mm-hmm. And- The DeSantis uh, campaign, and I say the DeSantis campaign because that's who's running Florida right now, is giving out $6,000 checks to certain people in a pilot program. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, now, how can I spend that on Legos? Right. PS5s? Now, my five-year-old likes to play PS5 with this little kid game game. But we all also like to play Warcraft or whatever some you know, some incredibly mm-hmm. violent PG thirteen game. Can I somehow buy a PS five and and say it's for my five year old? Sure. And and the the answer is yes, because yeah. the point is the DeSantis campaign wants to say we're supporting school choice, quote unquote.
0: Right. Parents' rights and, and school what they're choice. doing
1: is sucking the money out of public education and giving it to a politically connected
0: class of people. Yeah. Well, if I may just add, mm-hmm. that someone who has applied for jobs, is currently applying for jobs, and has written grants before in the past. What I have learned and what I know is that unless your job application contains certain keywords, you will right. not be mentioned. You will not be these considered. days. Yeah. You will be filtered out of the system. Yeah. If you are writing a grant, if you're trying to get money for anything, you had better follow the grant rules to the letter. Yep. there's a thousand other people out there who are who are trying for the same pot of money if you miss the deadline by one day, if you have too many words, too many pages, you use the wrong font, whatever, you will not get the money that you need and there's right. a whole craft to it this is one of the areas I'm actually an expert in. There's a whole art to writing grants and it really is exactly what you are doing for completely legitimate and understandable reasons and what the Florida parents are doing for bullshit selfish reasons right which right. is. If I put these words in this particular order and do it just this right way, I can get what I want. Well, in in your case, it's necessary medical equipment. Right, right. And in in my universe, it's um, training equipment and textbooks for people who are learning a new trade to become employed. Right. Totally legit. And these people want a 50-inch plasma TV. And a PS5, so they can goof around, but it, can I squeeze that in under the you know, then Legos? I, I want a lot of Legos. Sure. We'll figure out a way to get the money to you because yeah, you're just one of buy our
1: four, buy 400 Legos this year and 400 next year, and you'll have money for both of them. I mean, that's really what, <sighs> and they're giving each other advice on Facebook yeah. where anyone can go and see it. Mm-hmm. Because they're white people. And and, and and this is this is from Ron DeSantis to serve them politically, mm-hmm. to serve their constituency. Moms for Liberty is also mo- Moms for Liberty with federal tax dollars <laughs> and state tax dollars for education. You have all kinds of liberty with that.
0: Yeah. Um, all right.
1: Switching gears. I'm
0: gonna switch the gears radically. We would we we would like to point out that we are fans of Keith Olbermann. And his podcast, even though there's a about a sixty percent repetition on any episode, it's something mm-hmm. he said before. But we're pleased to learn that Keith Olbermann is such a huge fan of ours, Blue Cat. Well,
1: he certainly is dancing on your
0: corner, Drift. He, he is all over my stuff um all week. Yeah, um, couple, at was, least
1: a couple times this week. Yeah. It
0: was um twice in the last week. He's done a special commentary that might well have come straight out of our archives.
1: Yeah, I your mean, yours for,
0: especially. Yeah, yes. Well, yeah, in one case, mine. Uh, word for word, beat for beat, note for note, dipping all the way back to th- 2003 to to pull out um, uh, Joey Tabula Rasa right. and David Brooks's 2003 column about the Iraq war being over and what silly fools liberals were forever opposing it and how liberals are going to pay a big price now that George Bush is a huge success, blah, 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 blah. And Keith Oberman's message after he read half this fucking article was, here's the thing. David Brooks is a terrible person and a liar. And David Brooks has always been a liar. And the way David Brooks got a column in the New York Times was by writing shit like this for the Weekly Standard because they wanted a liar like David Brooks, an Iraq war pimp like David Brooks, working for the New York Times. And they got him. And he's been there for 20 years, lying pretty much every week for the last 20 years. And nobody on the New York Times editorial board gives a shit. And nobody actually in the world, except for me and a couple of my fellow Brooksologists, tends to give a shit on a week-to-week basis.
1: Right, right. And then right.
0: one day, David Brooks just shits the bed so big you can see it from space. And we and talked when, about the
1: hamburger last week. Yeah. But
0: yeah. And that's when Keith Olbermann says, hey, does anybody? why isn't anybody paying attention to David Brooks? You know, David Brooks is a, is a goddamn liar, been a goddamn liar for 20 years and is, is pathetic and wretched and smooth and awful. And Jesus Christ, here's a column he wrote back in 2003. I'm like, geez, I, I've written, I've written, I don't know, 20 posts about that column. Mm-hmm. touching mm-hmm. Yes, on that column have. over the yeah, last yeah. 18 years. So big, big thrill that uh, Keith Olbermann has been, you know, prying open the doors of our archives and sneaking a peek in. And then another long commentary about, you'll never guess uh, th- what this is about, Blue Gouts, pretty shocking. There is this apparently huge, massive financial imbalance between conservative media, this giant conservative media machine with Fox News and One American News Network and the whole process of the fringes making up crazy shit and it being laundered through the entire system and eventually showing up on Fox News as well, we didn't say, it, we're just reporting the news and cycling the whole thing over again and the books and the projects. And the white papers and the institutes, and it's and and the people who fund this are crackpot right wing billionaires who don't care if any of it makes any money at all.
1: No, they're not looking for profit. It's an investment in
0: their tax future, basically. Yeah, it's how they get
1: paid back is cut tax cuts. It's it's
0: what I've called the the patient capital of fascism.
1: Right. Uh, right. They're
0: willing to invest money over decades to destroy democracy. Yep. And institute unions. And unions. Re- and, unions yeah. and institute a Republican regime that will be friendly to them and give them everything they want. And they're they're damn well close to succeeding. And it was hilarious to hear him talk about the fact that, on the other hand, so Marjorie Taylor Greene's book, uh, I don't know, what I learned as an author- Australopithecus, I don't know. I don't <laughs> know, whatever it's gonna be called, um, is gonna is, is gonna be a shitty book. Mm-hmm. And it will be purchased in bulk. As this always happens by CPAC and a bunch of other Republican organizations, who will give it away for free, and will drive it up the New York Times bestseller list because that's how the system works. That's how you game the system. Meanwhile, as Mr. Elberman pointed out, on the other hand, there is virtually no liberal media out there anywhere, and what there is is Rachel Maddow. Mm -hmm. She's the pinnacle, apex, vertex. He called her of liberal media. Um, She's now on. Uh, cable TV one day a week. She's being paid $30 million to go on TV one day a week, which uh, great, good for her. She's
1: being paid $30 million not to go to CNN. Yes, that's exactly that's what she's being she, yes. paid to do. Yeah.
0: Um, And he points out that, but Rachel Maddow's show was funded by ads for skin tag removal because there's nobody, there's no, there are no liberal millionaires or billionaires willing to fund liberal media. So, all the commercials the tons and tons and tons of commercials you see on cable television for asthma medicine and dick pills and reverse mortgages and everything you can think of is because there's nobody on the left willing to underwrite a legitimate liberal media and that's i think there's
1: another point to that though which d- is the the quality of coverage that that the billionaires get for their money yes is shit
0: doesn't, yeah, but it doesn't. And have they to be. don't
1: care because right. it's there to brainwash the the Republican masses. It's all they, they don't care about care yep. about
0: that. Uh-huh.
1: And you know, Al Gore did try to start a Democratic TV station, and it failed. Yeah, it failed financially, and he and he wanted it to succeed financially. He held that up as it must succeed financially, so right. that's why it failed. But you know, Air America, same thing, failed as a financial. Payback to their investors,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's why it had to go out of business. That's why newspapers are going out of business is they can't make well payroll.
0: That's now. Let, let me be. Let me be clear. Newspapers are going out of business because they can't make enough payroll. Yeah, yeah newspapers yeah. have been profitable, like twenty percent, thirty percent profitability for a long time, mm-hmm. and they could have survived if they'd gotten a little leaner and been a little less greedy about how much they want to pay off their.
1: And yeah, they they're not. They're, they didn't. They wanted to have. Wall Street, right? Pay them, and that's yeah. They've been
0: and so raping these,
1: them basically to get money. Yes, th- these yeah.
0: venture capitalists have been buying up newspapers and yep. gutting them, squeezing them every dime out, and then getting rid of them. And so yeah. there yeah. is no local media anymore, which yeah. is why. But,
1: but I want just getting back to what whether or not a billionaire-funded liberal cable news station, uh huh, or liberal internet anything. station,
0: anything, yeah, anything,
1: anything would work would draw enough of an audience. It seems to me that the audience for liberal news or liberal commentary does not trust billionaire-funded data,
0: billionaire-funded programming. That's a a great point. That's a very good point. So the
1: fact that you and I live on tips and Patreon donations actually adds to our credibility. (laughs) Well...
0: Yeah, and even even so, our favorite podcasts are just littered with commercials.
1: Well, because but I'm just thinking of how Sparks, for instance. Oh, I know.
0: Oh, Hal's, Hal who, does a great job
1: works hard? He's he's the one person I can think of who works harder than we do. Yeah, but and
0: but he, here's the he depends
1: thing. on donations to to buy a computer to make his job easier to now, be on the air easier. He's fundraising for that.
0: Now here's here's the thing, you know I love Hal. Yeah, Hal's been on our podcast before. We've been on his stuff before. Yeah. We're friends yeah. with Hal Sparks, and he's Hal Sparks is a terrible model for because he's a celebrity. Media. No, not at all. Oh. Because he he's he does he has to do everything. He has to uh-huh. actually he has no life outside of his job as a as a person on Twitter and a person he he. He's great. He's a genius yeah. at this He's sort a of thing. He's a performer.
1: He's a 24-hour-7 performer. But yep. the,
0: the the person, you know, the people who started the tech industry, mm-hmm. and it was like, okay, you're going to live at the office now. And mm-hmm. you're going to live at the office. It's going to be a great payback. And gonna, you're
1: going to code 20 hours a 20 day. 20 hours a day. Yeah. And yeah. you're just going
0: to crank and crank and crank and crank until at 30, your head explodes and you, and you pass out. Or you have shares in the company. Right. That was a great business model for people at the top to exploit that labor. Now, there's nobody above Hal. There's nobody exploiting him. But- the idea that, well, in order to get anything done, any media at all, mm-hmm. you, you'll never be able to go home. This is, this right. is the- no, this and that the, is,
1: that's right. You're right. You're right. And is that is us. Of, I mean, that, was, you're right. This was the origins
0: no. of blogging. This is, you know, yeah. in a way, yeah. this is why Stephen Gilliard didn't live to be 50.
1: Right, no, because I get it, it. I get it.
0: Re- it requires all of your time and all of your energy yeah. and it is, and you're always begging for for tips. You, you have a hat out and you're playing a guitar- but you're, pe- yeah. you're playing the guitar 20 hours a day, every day. And there's yeah. never any break from to get, it.
1: To get $5 donation. Then that's not, I'm not complaining. Nope. Because we chose this life. Right. Uh, but, but yeah. If, and, and it depends on this kind of show, our show, Hal Spark Show, anyone doing this without, without yeah. the foundational support of lots of advertising. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a lifestyle, folks. <laughs> it is.
0: And, and And here's the problem with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not nine to five. There are no benefits. Yeah. There's no health care. There's no yeah. vacation time. There's nothing like that. What? Uh, and the problem is this is how you lose slowly.
1: Yeah. Because, yeah.
0: The, I mean, Fox News is plugged into I don't know how many millions of households and has spawned replicators and imitators and other TV networks and is, mm-hmm. is now on every social media platform. Its right. message, its poison is all the way out there. There is no way to replicate that at this late date with a liberal version of that because we would have to get on cable television. We'd have to get in every home. We'd have to be part of the basic cable package. We'd have to... There'd have to be a time machine where you go back to 1990 and actually take this shit seriously and sink several billion dollars into it. Rupert Murdoch didn't just set up Fox News. He set up Fox News and the New York Post and the Wall Street Journal and the Weekly Standard. And there's nobody in the liberal universe... Who's willing to do that? It,
1: well, it because, really because like we that. depend on our audience to be tapped into reality. Right. And we assume that it's easier to keep someone main, to maintain an audience that's tapped into reality than to continually keep up the brainwashing machine mm-hmm. to keep them out of reality. Now, and sp- that, I don't know if that's a accurate statement. I don't know if it is easier mm-hmm. to keep people because what ha- what happens and this is something joy reed was talking about last night after the debate is your audience gets discouraged because the system is corrupt to prevent progress
0: it is it it and is inherently so, yeah it's inherently
1: been, corrupt and yeah. and scotus keeps your student loans from being paid off and and gerrymandering prevents alabama from having two black representatives for right. months and months and months mhm And Donald Trump's justice just gets delayed forever.
0: Well, can I say one more thing on this? Then we'll move on to uh, a lunatic from Missouri. Yeah. And that is, there is supposed to be an institution that can report accurately on the fact the Republican Party is a fascist organization full of lunatics and violent assholes. It's called the media. Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. reason there is a cry, a great cry, a great need for a liberal media is that there has to be a media out there that actually tells the truth about the Republican Party. Yeah. And the people who yeah. are supposed to do that are so deeply complicit already. Right. We're constantly fighting a two front war. Yes, that's We're fighting that's against true. the, the conservative yeah. hate machine. And then we're fighting against Peter Baker.
1: Right. You know, right. And, and, and the New York the, Times. Yeah. All
0: the people who just crank out both sides doing headlines. And then we turn around and there's all these independents out there who are not sure who to vote for because, you know, Joe Biden Both is sides old, are equally bad. Both sides are equal. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. if just... And that's what I think is the most frustrating part is that that's we should... the
1: exhausting part of it.
0: We, I didn't yeah. have any intention of ever doing this job. I'd never want to be a blogger. I didn't know mm-hmm. what blogging was. It's just that there was nobody out there talking about the truth about the Bush administration. Right. Everybody was either lying or rolling over for them. And so we, we sort of stepped into it going, well, somebody has to talk about what's really going on here. Because it's weird that nobody's taking the side of... George Bush is wrong. And he's lying us into a disaster.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then we discovered, you and I, bit by bit, that the entire media is corrupt. Yeah, from top down, that yeah. it's run by corporations who just who who are planning on a possible Trump return to the White House. Absolutely. And if the fascists come back, I don't want to end up in a camp in Utah. So I'm going to appease them. Yeah. And the quickest way to appease them is by blaming both sides and hiring people to do that.
1: And and pretending that I'm I'm telling my telling myself in the mirror mm-hmm. that what I'm doing is journalistic
0: balance. Right. The yeah. shortest distance between now and fascism is Kristen Welker. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And to- this is
1: why I go when when I get to that point of getting so wound up by Twitter or threads or whatever and see Peter Baker one too many times on my mm-hmm. television. I go off and do postcards to voters. Yeah. yeah and I absolutely. did that this week and it made me feel better. <laughs> right. I mean, we've got an election starting October 11th in Ohio. What? Early You're voting. me. What happened? Early voting starts in 12 days.
0: Yep. It does. In Ohio. hmm
1: To protect women's bodily autonomy in Ohio. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm anything going on at chapo trap house and i'm sorry that person is in the hospital there's somebody there in the hospital i'm sorry about that but the debate on twitter this week over that one person just i lost it i'm like mm-hmm. stop <laughs> we've got an election about women's bodily autonomy in 12 fucking days yeah yep let's get to work
0: well blue gal
1: and yeah. I'm As you sorry.
0: know, I don't pay attention to <laughs> timelines. I don't know how timelines work.
1: <laughs> you don't you aren't an expert on the timelines, I, I, right? I'm just not. I don't understand. <laughs> well, how neither time is works. Missouri Congressman Jason Smith. Uh he was in a press conference this week mm-hmm. talking about WhatsApp messages between apparently between Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. It's not clear. Uh but uh the the WhatsApp message was from during the early years of the Trump administration when Joe Biden was neither a candidate for office or actually holding office. And so an NBC reporter at the press conference asked Representative Jason Smith, Republican of Missouri, uh, about the timeline. What kind of influence is Joe Biden peddling here if he's peddling influence and he doesn't hold public office and he's not running for office. So he he doesn't have a campaign to get a benefit from whatever Hunter Biden's doing. And he can't be giving a political favor like Robert Menendez because he's not sitting in the Senate. He's not sitting in the vice president's office. He's simply a private citizen at that particular point in time. And Missouri Congressman Jason Smith said, well, I'm not an expert in the timeline. (laughs) And the reporter Pushback, back, not in a hostile way, but just you brought up this piece of evidence with this date on it. And I'm just trying to figure out your argument that this is influence peddling. Why is it influence peddling? Where are you from? Uh, I'm from NBC. Well, you're not going to believe us anyway.
0: Right. Okay.
1: No, I'm not at trying to believe you. I'm trying to ask you about When this happened. Well, I'm moving on to the next question.
0: Yeah. And that's how we do what we do.
1: Yeah. And so this brings me to the larger picture of the illegal Republican impeachment inquiry. The committee is meeting today and it is. I mean, you thought last night's debate was a shit show.
0: (laughs) And it was. And it was. was.
1: Mm -hmm. But uh, the witnesses that were brought before the committee Jonathan Turley started out with, uh, you know, I don't have any actual evidence to bring (laughs) that would indicate a crime that Joe Biden uh, committed in order to impeach him. Um, The person losing their minds in the background of all of this is Steve Bannon. And Jared Moskowitz brought that up this afternoon. You know, you guys know Steve Bannon, right? He thinks you're all a bunch of failures. And... (laughs) One of the things that I think it's important to highlight and applaud about this and is whether it was Hakeem Jeffries or someone else in House leadership, but whoever decided to populate this committee, not necessarily with rock stars, but with punchers, Democratic punchers. Jamie Raskin, Jared Moskowitz is very good at this. He's very TV funny, funny, friendly TV-friendly guy. Um, Dan Goldman is on this committee. Jasmine Crockett is a rock star from Texas, and she was waving around pictures from Mar-a-Lago of the documents, the boxes of documents. <laughs> and she, she waved around, this one looks like it's in the shitter.
0: Yeah. Oh, this is what evidence looks like, I yeah. guess. Huh.
1: Viral on social media because she said shitter. hmm Yeah. Maxwell Frost had a fantastic moment uh, or two. Um, And and then they have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is there because Fox will not not have her on, will not not air who she is and where she is, because,
0: you know, she's a villain. She's a (laughs) supervillain.
1: She's a supervillain and she's hot at the same time. Right. So the fantasy that you could somehow turn her. Right. Right, right. Um, which brings us, we haven't gotten any uh, punditry about this yet, so no, um, we'll see how that goes. But there was plenty of punditry last night on the debate. I wanted you to talk about that. Because Driftglass watched the entire debate. I did. I did not. I, I was did. in and out, but Driftglass watched the entire thing.
0: I, I made uh, a commitment to the broadcast. That's right. Brad Friedman and Desi and Digby and Brad and I. And my notes say, oh, the things I do for England. (laughs) Uh, It was stupid. It was two hours of stupid. Um, It was uh, meaningless because it's um, none of the issues they talked about are the issues that the base cares about at all. It was Mm -hmm. um, a bunch of people punching thin air. I mean, I liken it to... The way in astronomy, when you discover how to discover something you can't see, like an Mm -hmm. invisible body or a dark planet or a black hole, Mm -hmm. you measure the effect it has on everything around it.
1: Uh, And you calculate
0: what it must be and how big it must be, et cetera. Donald Trump was invisible, but he had a profound effect on everything around him. So the entire debate was influenced by nobody wanting to really, really take him on. Chris Christie, you know, called him Donald Duck, which was Mm -hmm. stupid. And you could just see Christie in his underwear practicing that in his mirror like nine times. Um, Mike Pence thinks Mike Pence is funny. Mike Pence (laughs) is the only person who thinks Mike Pence is funny. So there was a lot of like, I'm waiting for the laughter and it's not coming. Uh, But it was what, what it strikes me every time one of these events happens or just in the ordinary course of events when I do listen to pundits, especially former Republican pundits, is how they're stuck in a box made of mutually contradictory ideas. They can't, they can't just be honest, because if they're honest, then they're out of work. So when they run up against the limits of one of their stupid ideas, they just reverse course and go in a different direction. Mm -hmm. There's no punishment for it. There's no downside to it. And if they hit another wall, when they do, they reverse it again. This was brought to mind when Michael Steele was invited on to talk about the Republican debate on MSNBC, which made me almost physically ill because (laughs) Michael Steele talks about the Republican Party as as they, they this and they that, and them did this and them did that. And he does that kind of, oh, shucks, kind of good guy thing. And dude, you were they. This is not a, an alien planet that you're commenting on as you pass by in your spaceship. This is the party you fucking helped build. And now he's like, uh, no, I'm, I'm, my name is Bennett and I'm not in it. You know, nothing to do with me. he doesn't even say that. He just talks about it as if it's some third party that he never had a thing to do with. Secondly, he likes to bitch about Democrats. And what Democrats can't do, and why aren't Democrats doing better, and how come they're not appealing to working class, and blah, 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 all the same bullshit. And as I recall, you know, it was dark. I had much to drink. I might be misremembering this. I don't know. But Rachel Maddow really kind of pushed back on him and said, you know, well, what what are Democrats supposed to do? These people are – and I'm now not quoting her directly, but these people are all brainwashed. These people don't listen to anything we have to say. They believe the craziest shit dumped into their heads by your former political party and the networks that you used to appear on, and they are beyond reason. So what exactly is it Democrats are supposed to do to get through to them? And Michael Steele just hit the reverse button and goes, oh, 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 you know, hibbity-bibbity. I never said no, no, I agree with you, Rachel. Because I think it came through to him loud and clear, even though she was very calm, that his future paycheck might depend on him not pissing off Rachel Maddow. (laughs) So he suddenly agreed with her. And it it was watching him completely reverse himself. And that's what I've been watching Republicans do for 10 years now. Just reverse every position they've ever held, they now believe the exact opposite. Or... If they get in trouble during a conversation, they move to some other topic. So the the, the cage they're in is the cage they built for themselves. So I, I listened to, for example, Brett Stevens of The New York Times griping about the Republican base. And they're stuck in this universe where they know the problem is the party. The problem with the Republican Party, as we've said a million times, is it's full of Republicans. Mm-hmm through the party they built. You know, Charlie Sykes spent 30 years building the party to be exactly this brainwashable and malleable and racist and being able to be led around by the nose. That's what they built. So they complained about the Republican base being unable to be unreachable and, and irrational. And then they complained about Democrats and how condescending we are. You know who's condescending about the Republican base? Republican pundits are really condescending about the they base. They are. They are. And, but they can't say the base I created, the party I created is the fucking problem. They have to put it outside themselves. They well, some fraction, some fragment, some wing of the Republican Party are, you know, are crazy. But Democrats need to do a better job of persuading them. Well, how should we do that? Well, um, you know, I don't know. Do messaging better. Well, we're doing messaging pretty well and they don't listen, which is what you just said. And so they they oscillate between these two positions and then they start going after Republican Party um, uh, elected officials, except for the fact that those elected officials are elected by the party base. And that's the real problem. Yep. Yep. And the people who actually should be part of this conversation, the liberals who were there on the ground while they were building this fucking party, are deliberately kept away from the conversation.
1: They're erased. Yeah. Because
0: liberals are just... The crazy lefty fringe lefties who are really dragging the party away, far away, so that that's why all of these voters are alienated from the party. Right, we're no, too no,
1: no. condescending. However, people like Michael Steele will not leave the confines of the no. DC Beltway to yeah. go and talk to Republican voters no. in.
0: Oh God, no. Kansas, no. And you know what? You and I live. Right in Republican Central. We do. We can tell you all we about live the in Republican Cornfield. Party. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's why they don't want to hear from people like us. Because on the one hand, it's it's liberal condescension and liberal snootiness and elitism and you know, people. God God saved us from people who say people and voters. No, you mean Republican-based voters, not people. It's Republican-based voters of the problem. And well, people. Really resent that eye-rolling condescension from the yeah, liberals. The people okay. with
1: the FJB bumper sticker Yeah, that you see in the grocery store parking lot. Yes. Right?
0: Resent my liberal condescension. Resent us. <laughs> yeah. Except for the fact, and this is, the again, why remembering things is so goddamn important. And I know we're repeating this, but repeating this for your health and benefit, and it's good for <laughs> your character to hear this. We did that. It was called the Obama administration. Yes, we did. We did all the things that all these pundits say Democrats need to do to win over the people in the middle and the independents who aren't really independents. We tried all that. And people like you, Michael Steele, who was hired in the GOP precisely because we elected a black guy and it freaked them out. So they hired a break glass in case of emergency front man. To stand in front of the GOP and pretend it wasn't racist—that was your job. So when I see Tim, when I see Michael Steele rolling his eyes at Tim Scott, I'm like, dude, two minutes ago you were Tim Scott, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and now it's like them, those Republicans over there doing that thing, and it is—it's a complete waste of time and space. Except these are the people who control the parameters of the public conversation. But this That's is why
1: people. This is why the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. in places like Pennsylvania can't find a credible Senate candidate who will live in Republican areas of Pennsylvania. Yeah. And uh, I want to give credit. This was one of the best tweets I saw all week of, and I retweeted it. So if you, if you need to see it, it's there. Um, the fact that Robert Menendez could run as a Republican in Pennsylvania is like a layered tort. (laughs) Yeah. He's a former Democrat. Doesn't matter. He's a crook. Doesn't matter. Doesn't live in Pennsylvania. Doesn't Doesn't, matter. He's an incumbent Senator. We'll take him. Uh
0: huh. Yeah.
1: And, and this is what the candidate that they are likely to get is someone who rents house in Pennsylvania in order to run there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I want to congrats, speaking of Pennsylvania, I want to congratulate John Fetterman's comm team <laughs> yeah. for uh, returning Robert Menendez's $5,000 donation that was made to the Fetterman campaign and saying they'll, re, they'll be returning it in envelopes of $100 bills. 30, yeah. we're going to talk about this later, but 30 senators, Democrat, all Democrats, so far have called for Robert Menendez to resign.
0: So oh 30 Democrats, some senators and some House members. Oh, 30 Demo- Democrats.
1: No Republicans.
0: No Republicans yet. Because, because
1: they don't mind corruption. Well. <laughs> and then they'd have to answer for all of the corruption yeah. that they're setting aside because he's a Republican.
0: Well he's their
1: president. Their base loves him.
0: That that's the He pro-
1: owns my purse strings.
0: That that's the part where you and I will respectfully disagree. The part where and this is where, you know, this is where we have a lot of our conversation, which is the part where we branch into and then they would have to explain and justify why. Yeah, and no, you they don't
1: think that's the case. No, they don't.
0: And this is, well, they, then
1: why aren't they saying, why aren't they calling for Menendez to resign?
0: Because it's easier just to, just to step aside from it. It, it.
1: And then they don't, but then they won't be asked those, que- those right. uncomfortable questions right. about what about Trump.
0: Because they're busy bitching about, you know, Joe Biden's sneakers and his dog. Yeah. That's yeah. why, because it, it'll take attention away. Because if they call it call attention to him, they'll have to call attention to the fact that he's been indicted, that the justice system is working, that he's busted, and a bunch of Democrats think he should leave.
1: Yeah, that's yes. that's,
0: and that's not a good story for them.
1: No, it's not. No, talk to me about uh, the other episode we did this week, Drift Club. Oh,
0: oh yes, we did uh, Science Fiction University. Uh, Love doing Science Fiction University. We talked about uh, the problem of abundance. And what happens in fiction, because most science fiction, if you break it down, is about um, scarcity and apocalypse and um, things running out or zombies. Yeah. Um, and But there is a small subgenre of science fiction that talks about what happens when you get everything you wish for. Yeah. And things are abundant and and people are in a different universe than they are now. Now, there's, a, there's an entire television series devoted to that idea, which is called Star Trek which I thoroughly enjoy. And in that future, things are you know, pretty terrific. But there, is, there are certain stories in science fiction, especially economics-based stories by like, people like Fred Pohl, that are about uh, maybe you really want to rethink the whole idea of a, a cornucopia just vomiting things out forever. Mm-hmm. And maybe you really don't want robots that will serve you unthinkingly, protecting you from all harm that might be a bad thing anyway. And then we split off into another discussion about what would we do if we had a Denny Villeneuve's ear and how would we handle Dune sequels, if at all, and advising him to do so and why Dune as an older, a 60 year old novel works for us really well on the screen and why foundation, which is another golden age of science fiction classic that everybody science fiction related knows, uh, they blew it. They had a huge budget they Had all kinds of actors lined up. It looks really good. I'm sure the acting is fine. We watched it until it became clear that they had gutted the very foundation of the story. They'd blown mm-hmm. the whole concept of the story. And that was enough for and me.
1: And Glass goes into much deeper, yep. uh, detail about that in yeah. It's fun podcast. to do. I like
0: doing that every month. I really do. Every
1: month. We only do that once a month. Uh-huh. Last Tuesday of the month. But uh, it's something uh-huh. that we look forward to doing and hope you
0: now, enjoy it. I'd like to pitch you on an idea, Blue Gal.
1: What's that?
0: Um, uh, What are the best cheap science fiction movies? The ones that are really inexpensive. Oh, the I've low got a budget list. Ones. I know
1: you've got a list and I've got a I list. Let, let, let's try that for next month.
0: And, and then pair them maybe uh, with what are the worst High budget science fiction movies. Oh my gosh. Spent- well,
1: that's easier, actually. Yeah, it is because they're big <laughs> and they're bad
0: and they fell really they're hard. They horribly
1: overpriced mm-hmm. and uh, wasted millions of dollars. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll look at those. Uh, again, thank you everyone who donated to my GoFundMe. Um, I'm still, you know, this is lifelong. This is a lifelong chronic condition. Uh, I have ups and downs. I have good days and bad days with it. And I have a husband who when he walks in the dining room and I'm sitting there crying um pulls me out of it and hugs me and lets me see the bright side. So it's I'll, I'll get there, you know. Yep. It's yep. it's ups and downs like I said, good days and bad days. Yep. And I'm very grateful for all of the support. I did make enough off the GoFundMe. People are still donating to the GoFundMe, which is amazing. Um I'll use that for uh extra garments i need compression garments i'll use that for uh co and deductibles and so forth and pay and um premiums because mm-hmm. i pay you know we pay hundreds of dollars in a premium every month
0: so maybe some um, cat diabetes medicine could be oh, no cat diabetes
1: neck. medicine because yeah. <laughs> bosco has diabetes yeah um
0: he's all doing my fine. fault the
1: kids blame he, me
0: he's doing fine
1: He's doing, he's doing really well. He's yeah. fine.
0: But it is. Um, yeah. But one yeah, more.
1: thank you. It. It's just been so lovely that one thing I don't have to worry about this year is meeting my deductible because you guys met it for me. So, mm-hmm. so grateful for that. If you haven't gotten enough Drift Glass this week, he's on with Digby and Desi and Brad on the yep. Bradcast this week.
0: Yes, I am. And
1: we will promote that show on our Facebook page as well as you'll have it on your blog, right?
0: I, I maybe I don't know if the, <laughs> the treat if, if the check clears, sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, you talk to Digby out of the goodness of your heart, and because it's such an honor to talk to her, it is.
0: I just say I, I don't even know what I'm doing here. I whatever just, Digby you know, said. I feel she she's a big person. I'm a little person. She's a big person. She's like a warrior priest in the classic sense. You know, I'm just I'm a little shell scuttling across the ocean. I'm trying to do something from apocalypse now. I'm failing. I apologize. Let's move <laughs> let's on.
1: get to a news roundup, Drew. Sure. Class, the Bidening continues. A federal government shutdown looks increasingly likely as Kevin McCarthy lacks the votes needed to pass a short-term spending bill, and House Republicans have indicated they won't consider the Senate's bipartisan plan to fund the government. Yep. They are handed this.
0: I know. Here's a way out, but Dumbasses. you know what? Keep. Keep fucking that chicken, boys. Keep
1: fucking that chicken. keep, Keep
0: doing it, man. Eventually, someone outside of the Democratic Party might notice, you know, those independents might notice how completely screwed up you guys are and how dangerous you are for democracy. Now, the flip side of that is from the AP. Joe Biden's Medicare price negotiation push is broadly popular. But guess what? He's not getting a lot of credit for it. Why? Well, because, you know, those sneakers and that dog, you know, can't, can't give him any credit because every story has to be a both sides story. That's why.
1: That's why. So what's wrong with this picture? Doug Mills of the New York Times posted a picture of Trump shaking hands with some people. And the caption was, Donald Trump greets union members at Drake Enterprises in Clinton Township, Michigan.
0: And, and this is from Dave Weigel talking about that story. And he's boosting an Alex Press story in Jacobin again because, quote, the sloppy coverage of the Biden and Trump visits was so remarkable. The, quote, Trump is pulling union voters from Dems, unquote, storyline is so baked in that it overwhelmed the facts about who he was actually speaking to.
1: What is the actual story? Trump went to Michigan so he could demonstrate his support all of that in quotation marks mm-hmm. for quote unquote unions by holding an event at a non-union manufacturing facility at the invitation of the owners and the anti-union national right to work committee using non-union shills to hold signs that say union members for Trump. Yeah. Like that's like the, all those white people who wear blacks for
0: Trump. Yeah. t Shirts. Yeah. I, I, I don't know where mine went, but you know. <laughs> Now, this. Speaking of Digby, this is actually from Digby on uh, on the Twitter site, which we're not going to call X because we're calling it Twitter. CNN panel says Dems refuse to talk to working class voters and won't meet them where they live. This is CNN panel's opinion. They need to appeal to those people who love their guns and blah 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 blah. Some things never change. This is why the GOP wins. The mainstream media feeds the wingnut memes over and over and over again. Meanwhile. This is us talking now. Joe Biden is actually on a picket line with actual working class people who who he's been siding with his entire career.
1: In the Midwest. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not in D.C., New York, Atlanta. No. Not at CNN headquarters in Atlanta on a panel. No. From mediaite, Russian state TV has started airing episodes of Tucker Carlson's Twitter show. Yeah. Because of course they are. Yeah.
0: I, I just, what, what there's nothing to say. Nope. Senator Bob Mendez, his wife, and two business associates all pleaded not guilty in court on federal bribery and extortion charges. Mendez has resisted calls from at least 30 and counting of his fellow Democrats to resign despite authorities alleging that he used his, quote, powers and influence as a senator, unquote, in exchange for hundreds of thousands of dollars in bribes, including cash, gold, payments toward a house mortgage compensation for a low or no-show job, a luxury vehicle, and on and on and on.
1: I want to know why he didn't just start a political action committee and let people donate to that under the guise of dark money and and buy SUVs that way.
0: Maybe he did. Maybe he's got a whole bunch of money. Maybe he did. Yeah, you're right. Maybe he did. Maybe you don't respect him enough to understand that he's old school blue (laughs) guy.
1: He has to have...
0: Bars of gold, right. please. You know he's he's old school Agnew style. You yeah, know? well,
1: and that's the thing. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene used campaign funds to buy a ninety six thousand dollars SUV. Right. Nobody's putting her in jail. Yeah. Because it's because it's pack money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I don't know if you've heard Drift Glass. Uh huh. But this guy named Donald Trump had a bad court thingy this week.
0: Well, I've been very busy with other radio shows and watching (laughs) debates where they never fucking this. guy, Donald Trump,
1: uh, had a very bad court thingy. Mm -hmm. A New York judge found that Donald Trump and his adult sons are liable for fraud, saying the Trumps provided false financial statements for roughly a decade. Andrew Feinberg, White House correspondent for The Independent, said, if I am reading this right, Judge Engeron has found that Donald Trump committed fraud and has ordered the cancellation of all of his New York business certificates and the dissolution of the Trump organization. And breaking news, while you were with uh, Digby, um, the judge denied Donald Trump um, his motion to delay the trial for the rest of the charges, because this (laughs) was just, you know, summary judgment on the fraud part. And there's Mm -hmm. now six other uh, charges in the indictment that have to be litigated in court.
0: Oh, no. And
1: so Donald Trump said, but I'm going to be way too busy. No, no, no. We have to delay this. And mm. judge said, no, no, <laughs> nope." I don't care. From Joyce Vance. Uh, this is New York's corporate death penalty applied to Trump because of years of misconduct. And then she used the word justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the situation is that the in New York law. It's illegal to lie yeah. <laughs> on these forms. Yeah. I had to explain this to youngest child because, um, you know, this this myth that's out there of, oh, you know, this didn't hurt the banks or the banks could do their own research or the insurance companies could look at the value of the property. And it's about property values and what whether you value your property. And this is Trump's argument. Right. Doesn't matter if you provide false information on the form these these legal New York state laws says that's against the law period mm-hmm.
0: And you know who agrees with that Donald Trump because Donald Trump. it was his attestation on other documents tax yes. documents where he said yeah my property's not worth that much you know yeah. it's, uh, yeah, when he's no. paying
1: taxes on it it's not worth that much right. When he's trying to get a loan off of it, it's worth a billion. And then the, the creme de la creme was I can get Saudi Arabia to pay whatever I ask for.
0: Right. And so, so it's that's worth that. why
1: it's valued at a right. billion dollars.
0: And that's why our home is worth a billion dollars. Right? Because <laughs> I can call make a few calls and sell this piece of property for from- a Billion dollars,
1: our little one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollar house is a billion dollars.
0: And you know why I didn't hear about any of this stuff? I was listening to a debate where none of this was mentioned.
1: Yeah, not a single
0: word about Donald Trump's anything. Yeah, his his convictions, his crimes, his rape, any of his fraud. None of that stuff was ever mentioned in the debate at all. Um, here's a statistic you might find interesting. More than 11% of Florida residents have no health insurance. Only in Georgia, Texas, and Wyoming is there a higher percentage of population uninsured because Florida and the other three, guess why, are among 10 states that refuse to participate in Obamacare's expansion of Medicaid. And Dana Perino asked Mike Pence to fix how popular Obamacare was in a moment (laughs) during the debate. I believe you said Reagan and tax cuts.
1: <laughs> Reagan, tax cuts.
0: Although, you know, the best response was from Nikki Haley, because it took me back to better times, blue gal. It was, what? here, I'm going to whisper it, tort reform. <laughs> I'm like, man. You know, that that is,
1: really gets the juices flowing.
0: That is The obscure, lymphatic
1: juices flow. Oh, that's Paul you say Ra- tort reform.
0: That's Paul Ryan level shit right there. That's <laughs> That's old school shit. Uh-huh.
1: A reminder, no matter what he said in the debate, Ron DeSantis was not a Navy SEAL. A simple fact check shows that he was a legal advisor to the Navy SEALs and helped out with urinalysis tests. That's it. That's it. Ron DeSantis did not fight in the military, and he has no idea what active troops go through, period. Yeah.
0: He's a liar, but they all are. Uh, The Republican House voted to cut Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's salary, to one dollar, one of several hard right proposals that are very unlikely to actually become law. Would you care to guess, uh, Defense Secretary Laura Austin's skin color?
1: Uh, I don't need to guess that. Yeah. yeah. And Lauren Boebert went after the one trans person in military brats and re- to reduce that person's salary to a dollar, purely based on identity. In further Republicans-are-definitely-racist news, Alabama really doesn't want Black people holding public office. The Supreme Court, for the second time in three months, has rejected Alabama's request to use a congressional map that includes only one majority Black district.
0: And speaking of Alabama and Republican racism, this from Vanity Fair. Tommy Tuberville has taken another breathtakingly bad stance on diversity, Senator Tommy Tuberville, it seems, is addicted to controversy. On Tuesday, about two months after he insisted that white nationalists were not inherently racist, the Alabama Republican attacked efforts by the U.S. military to recruit and promote racial minorities within its ranks. Let me tell you something, Tuberville said on Bloomberg TV. Our military is not an equal opportunity employer. We're looking for the best of the best to do whatever. We're not looking for different groups, social justice groups, We don't want to single-handedly destroy our military from within. Jesus Christ. He continues, we all need to be one. It's like a football team I coached. You can't have different groups. Everybody's got to be together to win. There's no second place in war. He continues, I heard some things they talked about, about race and things that he wanted to mix into the military. Yes, Tuberville, yes, talked about race mixing. Ancient, racist, blunt, bullshit from the senator from Alabama. He continues, listen, I want it to be on merit. He added, uh, of the general's push for more diversity among military pilots, that's uh, uh, General Brown, who as chief of Air Force became the first black man to lead a service branch in the military. Don't give me this stuff about equal opportunity because that's not what the military is about. Bullshit. That is exactly what the military is about and has been that way since Harry Truman, since George the,
1: Washington.
0: <laughs> well, since Harry Truman formerly integrated the military. Yes. Causing yes. Strom Thurmond to quit the Democratic Party and form the Dixiecrats.
1: Yep.
0: So, yep. yeah. And it's been, a, it's been an outstanding he's success. He's just
1: a fucking racist. That's all there is to it. He's just a
0: knuckle-dragging, scumbag racist that the good people of Alabama voted into office because he's a knuckle-dragging, scumbag racist. Because, and football coach. Oh, he's a football coach. I'm sorry. I, yeah. I left out that part.
1: Uh, Hunter Biden has filed suit against Rudy Giuliani and his former attorney, claiming they violated computer fraud and data access laws. In the lawsuit, Hunter Biden accuses Giuliani and his former lawyer, Robert Costello, of hacking into, tampering with, manipulating, copying, disseminating, and generally obsessing over data that they were given or that was taken or stolen from his devices, claiming they caused total annihilation of his digital privacy. I foresee another summary judgment, Drift Glass.
0: I do too. I unless they want to do uh, discovery, which would be fascinating. That'd be fun. And finally, fifty three percent of Republicans said Trump was a person of faith, while twenty three percent said Biden is a person of faith.
1: That makes me want to throw up.
0: Faith in what? Sorry I to don't end
1: know. Up, end with that one. Yeah. Good lord. Let's let's cheer ourselves up with an internet kitty. Yes. Each week, we post to our Facebook page and website an internet kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's internet kitty is Ginger. Ginger belongs to a face-to-face friend of mine, my knitting buddy. And uh, Ginger is a young kitty with lots of energy. And she gets that energy from solar collecting in sunny sunspots. She's, She's about, I don't know how old she is, but she's young. Got a lot of kitten left in her. And of course, Ginger eats freshly poured cat food, our fake sponsor. Whether you serve pet store perfection or dollar store dreck, your pets will sit on the kitchen floor and demand that the food they eat is only freshly poured. Freshly poured,
0: freshly poured. Oh, my Lord, it's freshly poured.
1: And you can visit Ginger at our Facebook page or website. And you can send your internet kitty, dog, or other pet to us at our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com, where you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go Postal Unions! Letter on the air unless you say otherwise. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. It is coffee season. And if you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. This is not charity. This is our job. And we really appreciate those of you who can, giving us a monthly contribution, either on Patreon or PayPal. Uh, That pays our bills, and we really do appreciate you doing that. Please share our show on social media. And if you love this podcast, please get someone else to listen to. And thank you so much. Hey, Driftglass, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week?
0: Well, Blue Gal, the Internet Kitties hope that by the next GOP debate, Stuart Varney learns how to pronounce Univision. Hey, let's think about living. Think about living. Just think about loving. Think about loving. Just think about the hooping and the humping and the popping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the whining and the crying and the shooting and
1: think, about Let's think about life A professional left podcast is recorded under a creative commons license copyright 2023 dgbg productions